garden with Keynes Garden Centre Kilcoggan, the garden centre for garden lovers. See keensgardencentre.ie. It is 086-1800-964 to text or WhatsApp in your gardening questions for Tom Stewart. It is, of course, time for In the Garden. Two 30 euro vouchers for Keynes Garden Centre to be won. Uh, if you're sending in questions, please do let us know who you are and where you're from. And joining us now is the one and only Tom Stewart. Tom, good morning to you. Very good morning to you, Alan. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, a selection of herbs to sow now indoors, suitable for container growing and easy to grow is this week's topic. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you, Alan. So I think a couple of weeks ago, we mentioned some flowers that were suitable for sowing now and uh, indoors and all that. So I thought this week um, I'd put together a list of herbs you can sow now from seed indoors on a windowsill, providing you have to use up all your, your window space with the flower seeds we spoke about earlier on. So homegrown herbs, as a lot of these will probably know, they're great for flavour and most are happy enough growing in containers, which means you can keep them close to the house, near the back door or even in the kitchen for easy access and you'll be more likely to use them if they're handy to get to. So you can you should always try to grow your herbs in a bright, sunny location. Make sure they have good drainage in their containers. Um, some herbs are annual and some are perennial. So the annual herbs, the likes of um, basil, coriander, you can sow those every two or three weeks for a continual supply. Uh, And then the perennial herbs can be grown in pots or in the ground and you harvest those when required. Uh, One of the most popular and a real customer favourite is basil. And I've selected a few different varieties that are worth considering. So you've got sweet basil. That's a classic and the best known type. Great for pestos and salads and stuff like that. Lemon basil. It's got a really distinctive flavour. Great with chicken and fish and salad uh, dishes as well. Then there's a really nice compact one called piccolino basil. It's a really compact bushy variety that's great for pots and full flavoured. And then you have Thai basil has a rich aniseed flavour, great in salads again, and a real essential in Thai and Asian Asian dishes. So these varieties can be sown all year round for indoor crops. So you sow them about a quarter of an inch deep in a small pot of some multipurpose compost, water them well and place them in a warm position, maybe around 15 to 20 degrees Celsius. Uh, and the seedlings usually appear in a week or two from sowing. Then once they've come on, uh, come on a little bit, you can grow them on in cooler but not cold conditions. Uh, you can bring these plants to outside conditions from May, just making sure that you avoid any frost or keep them inside in a cool, well-lit area. Uh, the leaves are best picked immediately before use and throw them into your cooked dishes at the last minute just to maintain that maximum flavour. So lots of different varieties of basil there to grow. Another popular one is coriander. So coriander is a really easy to grow, leafy herb, great for curries, good in chutneys and salads. And uh, one of my favourite soup, carrot and coriander. So real uh, good one to use and to use it fresh. So there's a variety called Calypso. It's a really good variety and it's an ideal variety for cut and come again crops. So Calypso, it's a nice bushy type and it's slow to bolt because some varieties can bolt, um, but slow to bolt. The seeds can be a little bit slow to germinate, so you can very gently and just slightly crush the seeds and that'll help speed up the germination. And you can sow seeds maybe every two or three or four weeks for successional or a nice continuous supply. So um, sow the seeds a quarter of an inch deep, thinly in the small pots of compost. Again, a temperature around 15 to 20 degrees is perfect and grow them on a light windowsill. Uh, Pick the leaves then as required. And if you pick a few leaves from each plant, they will grow, regrow, and you can get three or four cuts or three or four harvests from each plant. Uh, you can freeze or dry the leaves, but I think you're, you're best to use them fresh just for maximum flavour. 
Then you have dill. Dill is another popular herb. Um, the leaves are traditionally used in fish and egg dishes. It can be chopped into soups and salads or used in, is pick, in, in pickles as well. So nano is a great dwarf variety, lovely kind of compact plants. And is another herb perfect for windowsill growing and in small or in patio containers. So again, sow the seeds the same way as the basil and the coriander in small pots of compost in a warm position and then use the leaves fresh for best flavour, adding the leaves just before cooking is complete. Now, a nice, tasty, hearty perennial herb is garlic chives. So it's a great one that can be sown indoors all year round. It has flat leaves and a subtle taste that's great for herb butters. Um, the flowers are also edible. They're great in salads, add a nice splash of colour, they're good in stir fries, or you can finely chop them into cream cheese to add a bit of colour and, and obviously the flavour as well. You can harvest the leaves once they're about six inches or so and pick a few leaves from each plant so they will grow quickly that way. Um, similar to the other herbs, around 15 to 20 degrees uh, Celsius in temperature, uh, start them off in a small pot of compost and the seedlings usually appear after two or three weeks with, with the garlic chives. Uh, you can grow them on then in, in cooler but not cold conditions. A few other ones, popular ones, the likes of sage and parsley, also ideal for sowing now, for harvesting all year round. And seeds of cress and alfalfa, they're great for really quick harvesting. They're re- ready usually within a week or two, uh, so they're really good for children to grow and also adults who like a quick turnaround. The uh, cress and alfalfa, they're great for sandwiches and salads and really, really easy to grow. There's very little work in those. So for all of these, you can reuse small pots that you already have with some multi-purpose compost. You'll have lovely fresh herbs with the unbeatable kind of homegrown flavour and all easy to grow and a very cost-effective and rewarding project to take on. Okay, lovely stuff. Uh, You'll be delighted to know, Tom, lots of questions coming in for you and we'll get to those very shortly. Remember, two vouchers each worth €30 for Keynes Garden Centre to be won. But you've uh, a couple of jobs on the list for the Clare Gardeners. Yeah, a few things to keep in mind. I suppose lots of time still to plant any bare root trees, any bare root fruit plants and hedging plants, the likes of beech and whitethorn, all that perfect to get into the ground at uh, this time of the year. Uh, just with the cold weather we're experiencing at the moment and the next few days, I promise, cold as well. Keep an eye out for the birds in your garden. Keep those bird feeders filled up and uh, top them up with any seed or peanuts or sunflower hearts, niger seeds or those uh, high energy fat balls. They're always uh, popular. Uh, you can plant up some potted bulbs if you've missed out on planting bulbs in the autumn. So lots of snowdrops and crocuses and daffs and tulips. They're all available now in small little pots, ideal for planting on now. Um, if you have any dormant plants in, in, in some of your beds that, that are in the wrong place and, and you, you wanted to relocate them, now is a good time to move them uh, and into a more suitable place. So any dormant plants you have, especially deciduous plants, if there's no leaves on them and stuff, you could move them um, as they're dormant now. You can also use, um, at this time of the year, a greenhouse fumigator. It's kind of a bit like a smoke bomb and it's used to clean out your glasshouse or your polytunnels from any unwelcome insect pests before you start planting up the season. So they're very easy to use. Each fumigator will cover between 8 square metres and 120 square metres, depending on on, uh, what you need to get rid of. So a few jobs there for the week ahead. Okay, brilliant stuff. Uh, it is time for the listeners' questions. Oh, so many of them. I'll get through as many of them as I can. And the first one comes courtesy of Morning Focus listener Mary, who's listening to the show in Newmarket on Fergus. She says, Hello, Tom. Can you please help? I have a weeping willow tree and a big bulge has uh, come in the middle of the tree like a ball. It never leafed last year. Someone told me to cut it as it's very dangerous, the ball. I don't know what to do. Thanks very much. Well, good morning to you, Mary. Yeah, it sounds like that that growth is sometimes known as a gall and it can be, um, 
I suppose it can be a bit unsightly and it can be, you know, it can be a bit of a nuisance, all right. So depending on the overall size of the tree and, and whatnot, if, if, it, if it didn't put on any growth or any leaves last year, um, sometimes with willows, they're, they're grafted onto a particular rootstock and you have suckers coming up from the base. So like I'm always a bit slow to get rid of plants, but if, it, if it's not coming into leaf and it looks a bit ugly, you might start to maybe have a look around for a plant that would be suitable to replace it. And if it's not a particularly big tree, maybe it's something that you could you could take out yourself and, and replace it with something else. But yeah, I'd be a little bit concerned. So sometimes the willows are prone to pick, picking up a few of those galls or different diseases and viruses as well. So maybe maybe you could you could keep an eye out for a really nice ornamental shrub. I don't know, maybe like a, a nice magnolia or a camellia or something, a nice lilac bush or something that'd be really nice. Maybe um, something that'd be flowering as well and maybe eye up a, a replacement for the same plant. Okay, some very good advice there. Uh, Rose from Ennis has been in touch to say, Hi Tom, we planted a laurel hedge two years ago. One of the laurels has turned a yellow colour. Can I do anything with it or should I replace it? Good morning, Rose. Um, well, laurel is, is one of our best-selling plants and it's a really hardy plant and it's it's a difficult plant to kill even. So I would say, Rose, I would hang on to it. Usually the yellowing, it's a sign of either hunger drought or overwatering and my own suspicion might be that it, it has suffered maybe a bit of wind rock or disturbance or in, in some way and it might have suffered you know maybe a bit of hunger or something like that so maybe make sure that it's firmed in quite well so maybe if you can get close to it with, with the heel of your foot make sure it's firmed in quite well and you could give it a, a liquid feed the liquid feed is good to get in quite quickly and give it it's a bit of a tonic so any good liquid feed something like Nutri One or Miracle Grow or any good liquid feed, um, give it some of that. And then in the next couple of weeks, your whole hedge, you should give it a feed of a slow release fertilizer, um, some granulated slow release fertilizer. Chicken manure pellets wouldn't be too bad, or even something like the Osmo Pro Bloom or something like that would be ideal. Uh, but I wouldn't be overly concerned with it, Rose. I think with a good feed and firming back in, it should come good again. Um, it's usually, as I said, a sign of hunger or drought. So I'd be suspicious that it's, it's suffering a bit of hunger. Okay, a listener here says, Hi Alan, can you ask Tom, what should I do to set up my glass house for spring? Yeah, well, I suppose it depends what you might have had growing in it uh, on the previous years, but I think it's always good to give it a good clean out for one thing. And I I mentioned those... um greenhouse fumigators are they're they're like a type of a smoke bomb. So some people like to use those to get rid of any... um, overwintering pests that might be there. So that's a, a good thing to do. You could use one of the fumigators and then maybe any of the beds, if you have um, beds that are sectioned off within it, maybe turn over that soil. You could also dig in some well-rotted farmyard manure and garden centres would sell bagged farmyard manure and it's, it's a really good addition to beds and that. So you could dig some of that into the soil and um, help improve because any crops you might have had growing in the glasshouse they would have used up a lot of the nutrients and the goodness from your own soil. So good to replenish all of that. So a good cleanup, maybe using something like the, the, the fumigators and then replenishing those beds with fresh compost and, and fresh farmyard manure. Um, and then you should be good to go. Maybe a few other things, check that you have all your um, the accessories you might need, your seed trays, your little labels for marking stuff, for identifying stuff, any bamboo canes, all that kind of bits and bobs that you might need. Have a look out for those and um, you should be in good order. 
Okay, our next question comes courtesy of the wonderful Kay in Currafin. And Kay says, good morning, Alan and Tom. Good morning to you, Kay. Kay says she has two apple trees, roughly three years old. They're very tall and skinny. She's wondering what she can do with them. She says she only got one small apple from one of them last year. And she's wondering when does she prune the other apple trees? They were laden with apples last year. They are at least 10 years old. Good morning, Kay. And good to have you on again. So... Generally with apple trees, in the first couple of years, you're, you're trying to get that nice open goblet kind of shape. Um, so you're trying to avoid any congestion in the middle of the, of the trees. So um, definitely watch out for that, more so on the older trees, I suppose. And if there's any dead, diseased or damaged branches, they can all be cut out and, and just makes the trees uh, somewhat healthier. Um, now is the perfect time when they're dormant this time of year is perfect for, for pruning your apple trees so certainly you can get on with it now this cold weather would suit doing all that um, I always advise people to have maybe two or even three feet of a circle around the base of your trees particularly fruit trees but all trees really but on fruit trees as well um, so a circle around the base where it's grass and weed free because you don't want anything competing with the um, with the trees so maybe spraying off um, and killing any grass and weeds that are at the base of the tree, covering it over then with a bark mulch and um, it, it sets it up quite nicely. I suppose the soil hasn't warmed up yet and it'll probably be February or maybe even early March before I'd, I'd advise putting on some fertiliser, but something like a, a, like we mentioned before, a good slow-release fertiliser, the Osmo Pro Bloom is, is a good one for fruit trees and stuff. So a good generous handful around the base end of February, early March for those guys. Um, and I suppose just, Kay, the tree you mentioned that only had one fruit. Sometimes young plants, they haven't re- reached a kind of fruiting maturity. And, you know, as time goes on, they will improve. But certainly by um, keeping them grass and weed-free at the base and keeping them well-fed and potentially, if we have any dry spells during the summer, keep them well-watered and um, they'll come good in time. Okay, Anna's been in touch to say, Hi Tom, any advice on on stopping dogs pooing in my garden? They do it in the middle of my shrubs and on my garden ornaments and around the lawn. Please help. That sounds pretty disgusting. Yeah, they can be a nuisance, Anne, and, and a lot of times not even your own dogs, and it's it's, it's even more infuriating. Um, definitely, I suppose, there are a few products um, that are kind of either kind of pepper or citrus scented, so... Um, um, I can't think of the names and if you go into any of your local garden centres they'll have stuff like that that are the likes of Catapult and Scataway and all these kind of ones they're used um, they're kind of described as a as a product to use in conjunction with training so you can't depend on the products just by themselves so you know, the training that you might be um, involved in might be shooing the dogs away or shouting at them and, and that's used and the 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 um, products are used to back up what your your, um, your scare tactics. So anything you can do in, in that um, in that way to keep them out. Sometimes um, it, it's not always practical, but sometimes if you if you can put something that makes it awkward for animals and dogs, particularly if they're going in a particular area, be that putting up a bit of netting, even if it's somewhat temporary, a, a bit of netting, and even if it's draped across the. Um, lawn and it's held up on short little sticks like short little bamboo kits just to make it awkward for them hopefully you're, you're just, just trying to get them to get a habit of going somewhere else and now it might be someone else's problem but Lisa, it wouldn't be your problem so you can use some of the products those highly we're just having an issue with you there tom area. oh yeah no i think it's uh it's return Sorry, to normality yeah. you're okay um, our next question. So, go ahead. 
I just say basically and just maybe a bit of netting and, and some of those products, the highly scented ones, and hopefully that will come good for you. Okay, some good advice there because that's not a problem you want to be dealing with. Uh, Jane Phillips Nennis has been in touch to say, Good morning, Tom. I didn't cut back my hydrangeas yet this year. They are tall with the dead blooms. I cut them back in autumn of 2020 and had no flowers the following year, but I had lovely flowers in summer of 2022. When will I cut them back and how bare should I cut them? Thank you. I love the programme. Thanks very much, Jane. Thank you very much, Jane. That's lovely to hear that. So, there's a few different types of hydrangea and they're kind of categorised in two different groups. But the one you described there sounds like what we would call the traditional kind of mop head or lace cap varieties. And those hydrangeas, Jane, they flower on the previous year's growth. So if you cut them back hard, you will sacrifice the flowering and you'll have no flowers this year. So a lot of times I advise people maybe, you know, leave those um, faded blooms on, leave them on and, and just as spring is approaching, you can just nip them off, which is just take, just deadhead them really and, and leave the shrub as it is and you'll have plenty of flowers this year. Now, if it's a thing, Jane, that the plant is, is has gotten too big and you want to put it back, you can do that by all means, but you, you just realise that you'll sacrifice the flowering for, for this year. Um, so generally the advice is maybe if there's no need for pruning, leave leave well enough alone, give them a good feed in spring and, and you'll have lots of flowers this year. There are other varieties of hydrangea and they're known as hydrangea paniculata and those guys, you can cut them down to about a foot, 30 centimetres from the ground um, around February or March and they have lovely cone-shaped flowers. So if you have room in your garden, they're really worth growing some of the paniculata hydrangeas. They're really, really nice, usually coming in, in kind of shades of white and, and light green and, and pinky kind of flowers. But they're worth growing and you can cut them back hard, as I said, um, early spring. But your traditional ones, maybe best leave alone, just give them a feed. Okay, Siobhan and Ennis says, Hi, Alan and Tom. What bulbs can I plant now in pots and can I buy Dahlia bulbs now? Um, good morning, Siobhan. Yes, um, so... Um, the likes of your dahlia bulbs and your lilies and gladioli, they're all bulbs that will be available in garden centres at the moment and therefore summer flowering. So um, some people would buy your, the likes of your dahlia bulbs now, pot them up into a nice pot with some multi-purpose compost, keep them inside at frosty conditions and then maybe um, late April, early May, bring them out and plant them into your garden or keep them in pots. So that's your delight, your dahlias and your gladiola and lily and a few other ones like that. There are potted bulbs, the likes of snowdrops and bluebells and tulips and, and miniature daffodils. They're all available in garden centres now, potted up, and they're just peaking up above the ground. Some will be in flower, but most of them are just peaking up at the moment. So you can also plant those into your into your beds or into your containers. So there's lots of bulbs soon to flower. Uh, in pots available now, Siobhan. And then there's also, as you asked for, the daily bulbs uh, available in the shops for planting out later on. Okay, Mary O'Connor in Milltown Malbay says she got two bare root apple trees in late November and hasn't done anything with them since. She's wondering, is it too late to plant them? And if not, what should she do? Good morning, Mary. No, you're not too late. Now, hopefully you have kept those roots covered, um, preferably by soil or compost or whatever. But um, you should certainly get them into the ground um, if you get a chance over the next few days. So dig a decent size hole. You will see on the, the plant itself, there will be a kind of a mark, a planting line mark where the 
where the tree was planted in the ground previously, it'll be a bit darker from that point down. So you want to plant it at the same level that it was planted previously. So just find where it's that little bit darker and, and uh, plant it at the same level. So dig a large hole, plenty of multi-purpose compost, make sure it gets firmed in quite well and there's not any large air pockets when you're planting it. So maybe rock it back from side to side a little bit, add a bit more compost, then get yourself uh, a decent stake and a rubber tree tie and um, firm it in and, and you're good to go. But yeah, get it into the ground. You're not too late, Mary. No, get them into, get the um, the tree into the ground. And um, with bare root trees, it's always advisable um, just to keep them really well watered, particularly in the spring and summer of, of the year that they were planted or, or the, the following few months. Okay, good news for you there, Mary. And our final question is from a listener, Tom, who says, how can I grow variegated holly from a snip from a tree and how do I do so? Yeah, you can take cuttings, um, hardwood cuttings, probably this time of year from from a variegated holly. Um, I would probably take a few. It can be a little bit slow to germinate, but you're looking for um, a cutting of about pen or pencil thickness and a similar length. Maybe cut a slanted cut just for a bit more surface area on, on the bottom, uh, on the bottom end of it. Use a small amount of uh, rooting powder and and use it sparingly. And you could either um, push your cuttings into the ground. And they'll, they'll take a wild route, but it's, it's, it's worth growing. Or you could put them into, take your cuttings and put them into small pots. Just make sure they kept, uh, they're kept watered. Uh, they can take a little bit of, uh, of a while to root, uh, to develop roots and then to, to come on. So it's worth doing. It can be a little bit slow. Holly's slow to grow anyway, and it can be a little bit slow to take from cuttings. So definitely it's, it's a lovely exercise to do. So I'd recommend it. If you're keen to have a variegated holly, you could definitely take some cuttings, but maybe you could you could invest in in um, a couple of ho- variegated holly shrubs as well. So while you're waiting for your cuttings to come on, at least you'd have something in the garden already. So you could buy, we'd say, you know, a decent holly shrub for nine or ten euros, you know, and, and it'll be a bit more of an immediate start just while you're waiting for the other ones to take root and, and um, come on that way. That should be fine. Okay, brilliant stuff. And that is it for this week. Congratulations to Rose and Ennis and Mary O'Connor in Milltown Malbay. You have each won yourselves a 30 euro voucher for Keynes Garden Centre. And thanks, as ever, to the wonderful Tom Stewart, uh, our Oracle of Gardening there. Uh, Tom, pleasure and uh, have a good week and we'll chat to you again next Monday. You're very welcome, Alan. Talk to you, Dan, and my pleasure. Take care, Dan. Bye-bye. Take care. The one and only, the legend that is Tom Stewart from Keynes Garden Centre.